Hi, this is Judy from Mountain Baby with another podcast for this week. And I'm being again interviewed by Magical Mystery Marketing Man, Anthony Sana. Hi, Judy. How are you doing today? I'm good. It's a beautiful sunny day. Yeah. It's almost too nice to be inside here. Absolutely. It's one of those days where it makes me think that um, I don't want to pay attention to technology. Good idea. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to use that as a segue for today's topic. Right. Yeah. The other day, I, f I listened to something on CBC, an interview with Sherry Turkle, author of Reclaiming Conversation, The Power of Talk in a Digital Age. And she was talking about how technology, smartphones, screens, and that sort of thing get in the way of how we interact with each other. Uh, this is a pretty good conversation that uh, Judy and I have had uh, ongoing, I suppose, over the past couple of years about how technology, iPhones, screens get in the way of uh, dealing with kids mm -hmm. or how kids actually interact with the world. So we thought we'd talk a little bit about that today. You actually listened to the interview as well. I did listen to it. I thought it was really excellent. We should put a link to it. Yeah. It's, it's quite wonderful. Yeah, for sure. So how did you want to start things off today? Um, I think that you know one, one of the takeaways from, uh, many takeaways from that, that interview that, that was on um, was it, she, she's not anti-technology. She just is con concerned about the way technology has crept into our relationships and really impacting our relationships not only with kids, but with our partners, with our friends, with our parents, that we are so connected to our devices that we've actually chosen texting over talking and emailing over conversation. And that kids are seeing more and more that that's how their parents are relating to the world. And so they are learning that that's how they should learn to relate to the world. And there's lots of quite negative effects that are that are coming from that. And there was um, something I was reading. It was this wonderful line where a little boy was trying to get his mother's attention and she was busy on her phone. And she kept going, yes, 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 okay, yes, sweetie, yeah, 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 yeah. And then finally he said to her, mommy, listen to me with your face. Wow. Yeah, and I think that's a really powerful line. Um, I think for the generation of parents now who've kind of grown up... Um, with cell phones to some extent, it's become so integrated into their lives that it's become the norm. And they get really, they get really concerned if their phone isn't in their hand or if they miss a text um, or if they miss an email, like everything gets interrupted for the phone. Yeah. I mean, I can say that there's been parts of my life where I've been caught um, attached to the phone, mm -hmm. uh, face fully in the screen, paying attention to that little red dot. Uh -huh. I heard it referred to as once as the, um, it's the itch you cannot not scratch. Yeah, it's it's extraordinarily powerful. And, you know, I know when I'm driving and the, the little ding comes in that I have a text, it's everything I can do to keep driving. Mm. And, you know, because there's a part of me that just absolutely wants to know who's texting me. And it's generally one of my kids and they're grown ups. It's not like they're not in a, you know any kind of crisis, but there's something very strangely addictive about it. And, Digital stuff is addictive. And what she says is that they're not just accessories. Like they really change the way we live. They change the way we think. They change the way we relate. And it's powerful. And it's not all positive. Some of it's great. I love that I can text my kids. But it becomes obsessive. And and she, this woman was talking to a, um, a, she actually was invited by a school. This is in, in the interview. She was invited by a school, a very uh, kind of well-to-do private school where the teachers um, were observing that the children were really lacking in empathy. Like they just did not care about what was happening to each other. 
And when she came up to, to see what was going on, it really was that they were absolutely like attached, glued to their phones. And rather than talking to each other, they were texting each other. And she was saying that, that everybody, when we text each other or email each other, our communication is completely edited. And she said, that is not normal and it's not healthy. And that, that the kids were becoming actually frightened of human interaction. They were actually self-censoring themselves then? They were self-censoring them. They weren't saying what they really felt because they wanted to sound good. Or they were hiding behind texts or emails as a way of, of not really expressing their feelings. And it's really different to talk to somebody, see their eyes, watch their facial expression, see what's really going on with them. And when you're communicating, your eyes are saying, giving information, your facial expression is saying a lot of things. And that's really how we communicate with each other. There's nothing, again, there's nothing wrong with having a cell phone or email, like there's good use of them. But if you look at kids these days, and I see it all the time on the street, they're walking together in a group, each of them on their phones. So there's nothing happening between them. So that the, the art of actually communicating is kind of getting lost. You know, I've had that experience myself where I have regular communication with uh, a friend of mine and um, the jokes that I think are funny or the th comments that I make, I realize they aren't being received in the same way at the other end um, because of the response that I get back. Like mm -hmm. there's, I, I actually struggle with how do I actually compose something in a text message so that I actually evoke the emotion and the feeling and the humor that I want at the other end so somebody can actually get it. Um, now, maybe my mind works that way because I'm, you know, into marketing and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, but as a child, I mean, if, if they're experiencing it that, at that level, um, they don't know that there's an actual difference. They just have this sort of cold um, text that goes mm -hmm. across and mm -hmm. that hits somebody else. I, I would say that the, a lot of the, the, the emotional angst that they have around their message is probably huge. It's huge. And, and, and the, the thing is, like, one of the things she talks about is, is, you know, feelings are really messy. We all have really messy feelings. Mm -hmm. And that one of the important things for children and growing up is really learning how to handle their feelings and, and work with their feelings and get through their feelings. And if they're constructing their conversation, you're missing the mess. And they need to be able to convey their full range of feelings to their parents so that their parents can help them handle them and also show them that you can have the, a full range of feelings and we still love you. We will always love you. But that children are starting to edit and communicate what they're feeling through text and it just doesn't work. You know, when you say that, I'm going to have a little geek out moment here. It makes me think of how um, when I listen to stuff on the radio, like mm -hmm. an interview on the CBC versus listening to a podcast like this one, mm -hmm. because this is a dialogue going back and forth. Right. We're just sort of bantering uh, off the top of our heads. Mm -hmm. We're stumbling and mumbling over words, right. <laughs> the uhs and that sort of thing. Um, but I don't hear that on the radio as much because they're way more controlled and professional in the way that they actually present the information. Mm -hmm. Whereas here, this is a dialogue that goes back and forth. And it's uh, quite often the podcasts that I'm attracted to listening to because it is more real. Yeah. Because there is more depth to that conversation. Mm -hmm. And like this woman, uh, the author, Sherry Turkle, is actually saying in, in that interview on the CBC, kids are missing out on that opportunity to even discover that that's a thing. They don't even know that that exists because they're learning the world mm -hmm. from a text-based perspective, right. from a screen-based perspective, right. as opposed to a, hey, man, let's go play yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. You know? and, and, and you know, the thing that, 
that I think people always have to remember is that even as we are changing as a society and we are adopting different tools of, of technology or whatever, children are essentially the same as they have always, always been. And what they crave is real communication and real presence. And, you know, people say, well, we're all connected now. Yeah, we're connected in a really weird way. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. the, it's not what you call deep human connection. It's a kind of, you know, edited. And I think that's such an important concept. It's, it's an edited connection. And in some ways, we're more isolated and more lonely than ever. And there was another thing that she talks about that in evaluating the capacity for empathy, that they're finding that the capacity for empathy in, in kids who are entering college and university is down 40%. Wow. That's really scary stuff. And it, it is the lack of communication. It's like real communication. And, you know, part of it, parents have always been distracted. And I know any, any parent that's been trying to cook dinner or when their kids are pulling on them and want to talk to them, it's really hard. And you go, yeah, yeah, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. I'll be with you. And that's a part of the day. And that happens. And sometimes you just have to stop making dinner and just pay attention because something like when kids are having feelings, they're having feelings and they can't say, oh, yeah, I'm going to put these feelings on hold till you finish dinner. That doesn't happen. But if you multiply that dinner time preparation or food preparation time by all the numbers of times you are on your phone or you are texting or you are at the, com at the computer, you'll find that your actual communication time with your child is way, way down. Mm -hmm. And that's what they need more than anything in the world is real communication, physical contact, doing things together, real things together, not texting each other is what they really need. And that's how they learn empathy. And if they trying to communicate with you and you're you're on the phone or you're texting all the time you're not showing them any empathy for what they're experiencing and that's how they learn to be empathetic well when you say it's something that the child needs it's totally something that the parent needs as it's well it's like what everybody needs yeah. i mean you know it's like it's the the earliest people who did psychological and it's, it's way beyond that you go look at the ancient texts right like everybody is you know everybody says who has any kind of wisdom says it's all about human communication and, and connecting this in the deep sense of the word, not not by wires and things in the air. <laughs> and and Wi-Fi. And Wi-Fi, yeah. Wires and Wi-Fi. And, and again, I'm not saying that technology has, isn't helpful in many ways, but what this woman also says is that there are many universities and colleges that are now not allowing phones and laptops in their classrooms anymore because the students are getting distracted and they don't actually hear what's going on. And it's, you know, it was always better to take those terrible notes that we all took with our pens that you can't read afterwards, but at least you had to listen enough to be able to isolate the core ideas and make your brain work rather than quickly, quickly type, 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 type what the instructor's saying. And you don't have to think that much about that. So they're finding that it really diminished learning and, uh, and yeah. what's happened also, she says, is a lot of places are closing down their school libraries. Yeah, I remember that. Like, the, oh, my God. In the interview, there was a, a, a school that actually closed down their library. All the information had been digitized. And they gave everybody, all every kid got a free tablet. Yeah. And they shut down the library. I mean, that just seems all kinds of crazy. All kinds of crazy. Uh, but I guess some people think that it's actually a good thing that technology is actually there and making things more and more available. But they, it seems to me like they're missing the um, the emotional component, the the face-to-face uh, -face component. I mean, the library is not a place to go and have huge conversations or whatever it is, but it is certainly a place to actually go and uh, get in touch with things in a mm -hmm. different way. There's something lovely about the quiet in libraries. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that it's a place to think and a place to explore. And I just she talks about that also, just that people no longer know how to be quiet 
and don't know how to handle boredom. Hmm. And if there's any kind of spaces, they boom, they jump on their phone, they jump on the computer. Well, th this is uh, the one quote that I, I found in the article from her. It isn't good for us to flee from any moment of boredom by going to a phone. You know, that's uh, pretty powerful stuff. So let's let's talk a bit about that. I mean, we've been talking about the interview and the whole idea of phones being kind of, I'm making air quotes here, evil, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, because they're taking us away from each other. But what is it that, uh, I mean, typically you're dealing with kids zero to six. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I listened to this interview on the CBC, it was more about uh, teens and adults and how they mm -hmm. use things. What is it that a, a child needs from zero to six to maintain a connection with their parents? I mean, what, what, what's the, the importance behind uh, all of this when it comes to uh, parenting uh, such a young child? I think it's, you know, th th those are the crucial years for a child's development. And we know that's crucial for their brain development, their emotional development. Everything happens before some degree, some people would say before the age of one. And all the research is what they need is interaction with the people who love them, loving interaction with the people who love them and talking with each other. I, I remember when Sesame Street came out, people went, oh, now we can just plunk the kids down in front of the TV and they'll learn, you know, the alphabet and they'll learn their numbers and they'll learn stuff. And I love Sesame Street. I think it's great. You know, and then when the research came out, what they found out was that, yeah, if they could learn their numbers and their letters, if their parent was sitting with them or their caregiver was sitting them with them and talking about it with them, because that's really how real learning happens with real interaction with real people. And, and the early years are all about real experience, like hands on, explore it, look at it, build with it, take it apart, touch it, read it, whatever, just real experiences. And I mean, there can certainly be screens in there there's nothing wrong with having a child participate with a screen it's very easy for them to learn it's like they're, you know they're quite intuitive and they pick it up and people are, wow my kid knows how to use a computer well i learned how to use a computer in my i don't know 40s and it was like wow i learned how to use a computer <laughs> it's not that hard you know and um it's not that great an achievement that they learn how to use a computer what's a greater achievement do they know how to build with blocks mm -hmm. you know do they know how to push the hands and push their hands in play-doh and construct something and do they know how to make up stories? They know how to pretend. They know how to dress up. They know how to run and play and climb a tree. That's, you know, people have learned really, really well without computers. And their learning is deeper and it's richer because it's full-bodied, full-sensory learning. And, you know, they learn most in communication with other people. As a, as a species, we're very dynamic. We actually have a need to run and jump and play and fall mm -hmm. and scrape and ouch mm -hmm. and squish and... Yeah. <laughs> slide and whatever else it is we're doing when we're out there playing. Yeah. A friend of mine on Facebook the other day put up a, a notice saying that she was no longer keeping the Facebook app on her phone. Mm. She decided, I'm going to get rid of that and I'm only going to check it twice a day. Yeah. Uh, when I get up or later in the day or whenever it was from her desktop. And she's got a young child, um, three, mm -hmm. two, three. And um, I was secretly clapping and, mm -hmm. you know, overjoyed for her that she actually chose to live more for her life instead of the Facebook life, mm -hmm. instead of always checking in. You know, there was a, a concept that was, I think, came out of the 50s or someplace where a psychological concept where they talked about whether people are auto-directed or inner-directed as a sign of kind of mental health. And the, the basic concept was that if you were totally auto-directed, you were, you were making all your decisions, you were, you were acting, you were speaking, you were behaving completely based on what other people thought about you and following what they said to do rather than an inner directive is when you were really in touch with yourself and you could really hear yourself and you could be real about your own feelings and your own opinions and 
follow that as a much saner way to be and a much more stable way to be. And it's way easier to be happy if you're not totally other directed. And I think one of the things with, you know, with all the digital stuff is you're, you're completely other directed. You know, like Facebook is all about other people and what they think of you and putting things up. They go, Oh, should I say that? Should I not say that? I mean, I am, well, you know, I'm, I'm not a big Facebook person myself, you know, and, um, that when I do go on, I get completely sucked in. And if I'm going to, you're not alone in that. No, I mean, but it's amazing to me because, you know, I'm not a Facebook person. <laughs> and, you know, when I do go on, it's like, I can't stop looking. And then I go, I really don't care what that person had put in her muffins or, you know, it's like, why am I drawn into this? And it's this like pull towards otherness as opposed to looking at what's going on in myself. And, and I think the whole insecurity I see with parents now is that they're, they're totally focused on what they're reading on the internet or what other mothers are saying about what they did or that, you know, they lose sight of like what is going on inside of them, which is the most important thing. And there was a, there was a quote that I heard yesterday actually that, that said, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing it, the greatest spiritual sin is self-hatred. And I think what happens, you know, for, for mothers especially is like spending all this time online is that it doesn't bring you to a place of self-love. It brings you to a place of self-loathing or making yourself feel worse and worse about yourself as a parent. And, you know, I think that's, and we don't want our kids in that world, you know, and it's already happening. They start bullying each other over the, over the internet really early. And, um, there's just this disconnect that's happening. And I guess, I guess my plea here is I remember last Valentine's Day. I don't know if you remember my, my blog was to take the Valentine's Day challenge and to not turn on your phone. I don't even think I said for the day, I think maybe for a few hours, not turn on their phone. But it was like to see, can you do this? Can you spend a day with your family without turning on your phone or your computer? And I would suspect, I don't know how many people actually did it, but what an interesting challenge that is for people. And if you can't do it, that's saying something pretty serious. Yeah. Now, I've been caught short looking at my phone at... um different times of the day, you know, mm -hmm. just based on the work that I'm doing. I want to make sure that they go out properly and all that sort mm -hmm. of stuff. And been seen as being somewhat rude for doing so. Mm -hmm. I know that in family situations, it could only be even even worse where all the kids and parents are all just paying attention to the screens instead of to each other. What did I see? It was, of all places on Facebook, there was this one family, they hooked up some kind of device that actually cut out the Wi-Fi. Hmm. Um, and shut off all the electronics in the house all at once hmm. so that they all had to pay attention to each other and sit down while they were eating dinner, which was, uh, in, you know, initially met with huge complaints and groans, mm -hmm. but then they got into it. I mean, everybody really would be happier if you had non-screen time in your family. And one of the things that she says in the interview is that she advises parents to not allow kids to have their phone in their bedroom at night and that you just take it away and that for older kids especially they kept checking 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 so their sleep has been very disrupted and teenagers especially need huge amounts of sleep and they're getting less and less and less because they just oh who's texting who Ooh, somebody talking about me oh okay i miss that Ooh, you know and there's that compulsion that just simply is not good for people and 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 parents are the role models i mean you can say to kids, I don't want you to be on your phone so much. And if you're sitting there on your phone, they're going to do what you, they always do what you do and not what you say to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a rule of parenting. Yeah, there's that old ad of um, the adult uh, sitting there smoking. 
mm-hmm. and the kid picking up the cigarettes at the same time. Right. Yeah, same sort of thing. Yeah. What can you say about what technology like that, like screens and smartphones, what that actually does for for younger kids? Does that actually affect how they think or how they learn to think? I, I don't know enough about the technical aspects of it. I know there's tremendous concerns because children are supposed to learn by doing, like hands-on, um, because it goes into their brain much more deeply than just staring at something. You know, even if they're doing these little games online, they're using a very narrow part of their brain. And, you know, just the research that's been done on typing into the computer versus writing, that when you write, you know, with a pen or a pencil or a crayon or whatever, multiple aspects of your brain are being engaged. And when you're staring at a screen and pushing buttons, going bing, 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 it's very shallow. Yeah, I mean, there's things you can learn on the computer for sure. And I use the computer a lot and we're doing this and it's <laughs> we're you know, putting out a podcast on the computer. It has its place, but kids are hands-on learners. They've been, they're built to be hands-on. And, you know, this, I think in one of my blogs, I talked about visiting a friend of mine who's been a preschool teacher probably for 30 years, I guess. And she said to me for the first time in all her years of teaching, she now sees kids who do not know how to play. She has this beautiful preschool filled with things that children have been playing with for time immemorial. And the kids sit there and don't know what to do. Wow. And they, and, and we know that play is the major means of learning for young kids. And I, I include things like sitting down together and reading a book with your parent is a form of play and running around outside is a form of play and, you know, playing with blocks or playing with your toys or dressing up or whatever is a form of, I mean, play is varied and there's many forms of it, but it's not sitting passively. Again, when you say that, it's not just the kids, right? Mm-hmm. It's something for uh, the parents. Yeah. For young like, parents, uh, for them to pay attention to how it is they're engaging with uh, technology. Right, right. I mean, and, and now, you know, people are saying that sitting is the new smoking. And we spend so many hours a day now just sitting in front of computers. And, and so many people have to do that at work, which I think is awful. You know, we, we tend, I think since the beginning of time, I'm sure when they, you know, somebody invented a tool, it was like, woohoo, we got this tool now, you know, and everybody was really, in, you know, enamored of the tool. And, and I'm sure when the phone came in, it was like, oh my God, there's this phone thing. Or when the post office came, what all these things that people love, new stuff. They just do instinctively seem to love it. Um, and sometimes you just have to say, just because it's new and exciting doesn't mean it's good. Mm-hmm. Or if there's parts of it that are good and parts of it that are bad. And you know, and that is the thing with technology. Is it's great that we have it, but it, it can really, it's doing damage to human relationships. That's the reality. Well, and it's doing it at such a, such a pace. Such a pace. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Facebook's been around since 2007, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't seem like it was that long ago. But in terms of the internet, that's my, like yeah, that's ancient, ancient, yeah. ancient history. Yeah. Um, and when I when I hear this this stuff, you know, and as we're talking about it, it just makes me think if if it's happened that fast, that I wonder if it could unravel that fast. Like if it's possible for you to be that caught up and wrapped up in technology, your smartphone, mm-hmm. whatever, is it possible to rewind the tape and just unplug? I still think we're at the point where people are entranced by it, and it's still sort of novel and new, and it's kind of hip and cool to have your phone on and all that kind of stuff, you know, and. I hope, <laughs> it's my hope, that people will put it into some kind of perspective, that we don't become a totally non-communicative world. Um, yeah. And, you know, the, 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 the loss of empathy that's happening with kids is very, very, very distressing. You just look around the world, there's a terrible lack of empathy happening. And it's uh, totally preventable. It is totally preventable, you know, and it's, it, it's, in some ways it's very simple. Like most of the good advice that's actually out there, it's all really simple. Yeah. 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 And I think if people just keep in their mind this little kid saying, you know, listen to me with your face, 
it's like this plaintive cry for connection, real genuine connection and presence with your kids, um, that they are more important than that text coming in. That if, if you're constantly interrupting your communication with your children by turning to the phone, like what, what is the message you are giving them? It's like they are secondary to this ding on this little machine. And I suppose that would be the takeaway for today is to actually tune into yourself and how it is you're engaged with your technology because mm-hmm. your kids are watching. Your kids are watching. And I think, you know, just it's fine to just say, I'm going to turn off my phone for an hour and relate with my children because that's really all they want. It's what the most important thing is they just want to relate to you. You're so important to them. Uh, it's been a pretty good conversation today, Judy. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully uh, you, the listener, are finding some value in learning about technology and how we've talked about it today. Uh, we're going to post a link to the CBC interview on this page. And that was one with the author, uh, Sherry Turkle, uh, and her book, uh, Reclaiming Conversation. Anything else we need to let people know about today? No, I think it's just people should just really keep that keep that phrase in mind. Mommy, listen to me with your face. And yeah. Put your phones down for a while. This has been another podcast with uh, Judy Banfield. I'm Anthony Santa, helping her put this together. You can catch up with Judy on her blog, blog blog.mountainbaby.com, and please share this with your friends. Have a great time with your kids together. Look at them. (laughs) Face to face. Face to face.